Welcome to the Inside the Post-Dispatch podcast, the podcast that brings you inside the Post-Dispatch newsroom. I'm reporter David Hunt. With me today is St. Louis County reporter Jeremy Kohler. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, David. We have two guests and quite a show for you all today. Dave Leipoltz is here again. He's a director at the merger advocacy group Better Together and led research and staffing efforts for the group's 160-page report released late last month. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. And Pat Kelly is joining us again. He's executive director of the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis, which represents area cities and has been the face of the opposition to Better Together's merger proposal. Nice to have you back, Pat. Great to be here. Let's jump in. We'd ask you each to give a two-minute intro of just your top points. Then Jeremy and I will ask questions. You can ask each other questions, too. If we don't like them or want you to stay on a different topic, we'll cut you off. Dave, as a representative of the body instigating this proposal, you get to give your opening statement first. All right. This is official. Um, so I think a little background on Better Together for some people that are still newer to the topic um, is that we were founded in November 2013. Um, it's a nonprofit organization essentially designed with looking at the region's fragmentation and its impact on St. Louisans and how we provide services, the cost associated with that, and the quality of life impacts in St. Louis. And so over the course of two or three years, we did studies on every local government function you can really think of, um, whether it's parks and recreation, public safety, economic development. And we put forth for the first time comprehensive data um, on budgets, on how those functions operate throughout the region. And saw a picture of a region that despite all the great amenities, all the great resources, the reasons we love to call St. Louis home, was not functioning um, anywhere near its full potential. And so with that, we um, created a task force, a five-person task force that recently released their recommendations that is our proposal to put some fresh eyes on it and to, to make some actual recommendations. One of the things that we do in St. Louis is we oftentimes study things um, over and over and over again. And the people we worked with on our studies and the people on our board, essentially their question was, is this going to be another report that just sits on a shelf? And so the answer to that, obviously, we wanted to be no. So we put this task force together and they spent a year and a half meeting with community members, um, doing the research, guiding, and, and really being the architects of these recommendations. And we staffed them. Um, and their recommendations came out um, about a month ago now, recommending a new metro city government structure for St. Louis City and St. Louis County and reforming how we operate, consolidating one police department for the region, um, one court system for the region, and one economic development driver for the region, which, you know, the, the biggest issues everyone we talk to um, have pointed out is public safety and economic development. That's what they want. And I can't point to a plan that we have for that. What is St. Louis's plan for economic development? What is their plan to address public safety as a region? And that's one of the issues we face. If we don't know that, how do, how do we project outwardly? And so that's a lot of the conversations we're having now. We're continuing to educate people on what's in the proposal. Um, and, th and that's our job as the nonprofit for two years is to really tell people what's in it, to get further information and to answer their questions. Great. Thanks, Dave. Pat, you want to give us a sense of kind of what the Muni, Muni League – Muni League's role has been and your response to the plan. Great. Yeah, thanks, and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, uh, firstly, um, I wish maybe we could get together and figure out this weather problem that we have here in St. Louis, and if we could make it sunny and 80 every day, that'd be great. But uh, uh, anyway, but uh, the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis uh, is actually in our 100th year um, 
uh, we are a nonprofit organization um, uh, with our members being uh, the municipalities of St. Louis County as well as St. Louis County government and St. Louis City government are members as well. Uh, currently, all but four of the municipalities are members. We are 25 years older than the state league, um, and um, uh, we are a advocacy. Uh, we uh, represent the municipalities, um, and we uh, have training opportunities for elected officials and staff through our training academy, and we're a resource to those members. Uh, for years, you know, we were kind of uh, behind the scenes as as a support organization for those municipalities, um, and uh, trying to help them to to be as efficient and um, uh, provide quality services for the residents um, uh, that that are that of of those different communities. Um, primarily, I think our, our biggest concern really with um, the Better Together proposal is really the, the drastic or, or pretty much nuclear bomb type of effect of what it's going to do to the, to the St. Louis area. Um, I, I think what, what is left out of the equation is, is that there is a distinct difference in the role of what municipal uh, uh, cities and, and municipalities are supposed to provide for the residents that, that elect those representatives to serve them, as opposed to the county government and, and really, quite frankly, the, the city government, meaning St. Louis, because St. Louis City is a, um, uh, not only a city but also a county as well. Um, and. Um, uh, so, so we think that you need to separate those two things. Uh, uh, Better Together did take uh, a lot of financial data and create a number of different reports. Um, uh, but in that data, they never talked about the quality of the services that were being provided. And there's a distinct difference between, uh, again, the municipal services, those those services that impact residents on a daily basis from uh, plowing your streets to park programs to uh, public safety as a primary one. And um, uh, so I, I think the, the quality of the services and what those municipalities provide need to be a big part of that equation. Uh, our, our feeling really over the last number of years, our position really has been is that we really had that lack of leadership. Uh, you know, we've never had the county executive uh, uh, say, hey, mayors uh, of, of St. Louis County, let's get together and see how we can tackle some of these regional issues. Uh, we've never heard that out of the mayor of St. Louis either. And um, uh, that lack of leadership, I think, is really what has, um, uh, in some respects, caused some of the stagnation that we have in, in St. Louis City and County. And we're not denying that there aren't regional issues, um, uh, but we just think that this is a, a drastic approach. Um, and uh, we're more than willing to, to um, uh, uh, get together and try to come up with uh, some, some things that can make our region stronger and better for everybody, not only today, but in the future. And Pat, you're suggesting, the Municipal League is suggesting a board of freeholders, which is a, another uh, way to go about th rethinking the region's governments. Um, tell us very briefly about that. Give us a sentence or two. Well, again, I think that that's important, and thank you for bringing that, because, you know, we represent governments, and governments have to go through processes when they're doing things. They, they can't just, um, uh, you know, create, create a plan at, at meetings and then put it on the ballot. It has to go through a process. And, and the Board of Freeholders is, is established uh, in the Constitution specifically for St. Louis City and County to look at those regional issues and um, uh, through a public process um, uh, up to a year long where the Board of Freeholders can uh, solicit input from residents and then uh, help, uh, help put a plan together and then ultimately put that plan to a vote of the St. Louis City and County residents. 
and and it was put in the Constitution because of the the great divorce originally. You know, uh, I think the state at that time was tired of listening to uh, the bickering in St. Louis City and County, and um, uh, so they established this process, and and that's actually what they used for the initial separation of St. Louis City and County. So. We want to we want to have that opportunity uh, or give that opportunity to the residents of St. Louis City and County uh, to really have an opportunity to have that give that input and, and put a plan together that they can get behind and really support here locally uh, uh, on a ballot issue so that we can make the region stronger. So, Dave, this is Jeremy. You could have chosen to go this local route. You could have you could have had a gone through the board of freeholders slash electors and put this to a vote of city and county residents. Why not do that? Well, I think saying we could have gone that route is to say you could do something that way. I think our proposal looks to consolidate two urgent needs we saw and heard um, in our work. And the first one is public safety. Um, we have 55 departments, and, and to Pat's point, we do talk about quality services in municipalities, and we talk about how different they are when you pay some officers $70,000 and others in other municipalities $13 an hour and you give them a badge. So that's the concern we're trying to address is I don't know how you can, in a region where some places you could walk your dog at 3 in the morning and feel totally safe, and then other places you could do that at 3 p.m. and not feel safe at all. I don't know how we, we can say that we have a strong quality of service for St. Louisans. I think we have it for some. I th certainly think we have good departments, um, and I think we do some things well. But there's no structure, to Pat's point, there's no regional leadership structure to create that reality for everyone on the basics. It's, you know, you go everywhere, and you're going to have differences. But ours are so stark, and they depend on where you live. And that's, that's a huge difference. And so, um, you know, our goal is, is, is not to look at it from the government's point of view, which I, I think the Municipal League is an association of governments. We're trying to think of, from a citizen's perspective, how do you do that? And the reason we went with the, the statewide route is because the Board of Freeholders can't trump um, the, the state constitution, can't trump general laws in Missouri. And those provide that you have to provide police if you're a city of over 400 people. So if you want to consolidate police and not do statewide, you'd have to do it through 55 contracts every year. And then you'd have to build a department on that and then rely on all those boards of aldermen, all the <coughs> appropriations, all the things that go with that. That's not realistic. Also, if you want to consolidate courts, which have been a huge issue around the region, you have to go to the Constitution to do that. So could you do something in St. Louis? Yes. Could you address what we think are the urgent needs? No. Dave, critics, though, think that that's just a ruse for a statewide vote, which, you know, because of the fact that uh, understandably people think it's unpopular in St. Louis County, especially. Sure. You know, address this idea that this is just a ruse to get a statewide vote. Yeah, I mean, we spent months researching the potential pathways to get to the meaningful reform. And so our position is that, first and foremost, I think the, you know, there's a loudness right now to opposition. Um, and I think people who are in favor of it still have some questions. So the whole is going to get blasted in St. Louis City and County. I just disagree with as a premise. I think we can win in the St. Louis region, and we have two years to educate folks on that. The other component of it is people who... My uncle, you know, should be just automatically supportive, right? He called and said, hey, I support this, but I have a couple questions. What about my property taxes? What about So people are still figuring it out. So there's a pitch to the fervor right now that I think is outsized compared to what people's feelings are about overall reform. And to have two years to do that, we're going to need every day of it. Pat, do you have any response to that? 
Yeah, I, I think it's, it, it really is, is naive to think that just because we consolidate the um, uh, police departments and, and eliminate all these municipal police departments that somehow all of a sudden we're going to be able to, to walk at 3 o'clock in the morning all throughout the region. I mean, you go to any major city, um, you go to, to Chicago and in, in, in L.A. and in Detroit or, or wherever, in Nashville or Louisville, and there's areas of those er- cities that you're not going to be walking the streets at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and, and again, you know, to, to take uh, to, to Dave's point that, you know, some officers are paid 70000 and some are paid less, um, uh, the, the departments, if, if we really wanted to look at what's wrong with crime in the region, then there, what we should analyze is where is the crime happening. And I think you would find that most of the uh, uh, violent crimes are being committed, unfortunately, in St. Louis City. And then in St. Louis County, the areas that are actually being in unincorporated St. Louis County and areas that are being patrolled by St. Louis County police. So if you did that and had a study, and then you would say, well, then how do we make those areas stronger? Um, I don't think it would be by dismantling the ones that are working. And, and I think that's our biggest concern is that, that in, instead of really tackling that problem, you know, St. Louis City is a perfect example. Um, there's places in St. Louis City right now that you could walk your dog at 3 o'clock in the morning, but there's areas that you wouldn't. Um, just because we have a bigger government uh, doesn't mean that we're going to have a safer government. St. Louis City could contract today with St. Louis County to do their policing and merge those two departments together. I think that's something that, that should be looked at we, well, we suggested it four years ago, uh, when, when St. Louis City actually got control of their police department again. Uh, that would, one, un, uh, change the crime statistic issue, um, uh, making us go from uh, first in the murder rate to somewhere in the 80s. Uh, we would actually, uh, Kansas City and Springfield would have a higher murder rate than, than St. Louis at that point. But that doesn't solve our problem. But I think um, um, the experience of St. Louis County and uh, merging those two departments could maybe have a significant impact on some of those crime issues. To the same extent, Pat, I think something Better Together says often is that the Muni League and the municipal officials, and for that matter, the region has had decades to fix these problems. So, you know, why, why haven't? Why haven't, why, hasn't the, why haven't the problems been fixed? Well, again, I, I think that goes back to the roles of those governments. Uh, uh, there's a big difference between a municipality and a county government. You know, those are the issues that really the county executive is supposed to tackle. Municipal officials are elected to provide services for those residents. You know, the county executive is elected to look out for the region. And, and you know, and, and those elected officials, uh, the super majority of them, all but one uh, in St. Louis County, are all part-time positions, you know, so that they can give back to their communities. And, and so they're providing those day-to-day services, you know, plowing the streets and parks and, and public safety and, and fixing potholes. Um, you know, they're not looking at, they shouldn't, it's not their responsibility. Um, that's not to say they don't want to help, but that's not their primary responsibility as elected officials. Dave, you had a response? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think this thought of having these philanthropic governments where people serve and can kind of help out. I mean, that would be great if they didn't all have their own police departments, their own economic development authority. So what we hear about from the municipal league is, well, the city and the county should consolidate, but no municipality should consolidate. Two are the better departments, accredited departments in the region. Um, What about the departments in the county? Are we going to do anything to address those? And I can tell you that the police chief in the county would love to have the cooperation of some of those departments who don't even share their crime data. So we have a county police department that doesn't get data from municipal departments in their own region. And the Municipal League has opposed incremental change before. This is not something, you know, we're not just out of the gate saying, hey, we're going to do a constitutional amendment. 
the county executive tried to pass very ba basic police standards in the county. You know who opposed it? The municipalities. Tried to do it at the state level, the same thing. Basic court reform that passed the Missouri Senate 34 to nothing, which you couldn't probably get them to agree on the day of the week it is in the Missouri Senate. They put forward a bill to reform municipal courts. And you know who opposed it? The Municipal League. And so this thing of everyone else needs to change, but they don't, I think is part of the problem. And hearing conversations about, oh, those are city murders or those are county crimes, that's our issue in a nutshell right there. Because other regions don't talk like that. They don't think like that. They think, how do we take our resources collectively and address those issues? Pat, you have your response? Of course. Well, you know, I, I, again, I think uh, uh, we did challenge Senate Bill 5. First of all, we supported a lot of things in Senate Bill 5, and to say we don't want court reform is, is not accurate. Matter of fact, we have a great bill that we just submitted this year and had a hearing last week uh, that actually enhances Senate Bill 5, specifically related to those minor traffic violations, to decriminalize those so that we, we're not impacting those uh, uh, people that are getting these minor traffic violations and so forth. But but specifically to the um, accreditation and the quality of the police in, in St. Louis County, we challenged Senate Bill 5 when they required the municipalities in St. Louis County to be accredited only, not across the state. And it was a clear violation of our of the Constitution to do that. And, and as a government body, it was our responsibility to, to, to do that. Pat, are you um, so, saying that you supported Senate Bill 5, except you thought it should go statewide? Uh, well, with respect to accreditation, if they wanted to do that statewide, then we would have supported it. While we were challenging that, we started meeting with the Police Chiefs Association and said, "How we need to come up with some standards for this area. And ultimately, fast forward uh, a year and a half ago, or a year ago, the League, uh, the Police Chiefs Association, we adopted policies that said, if you have a... Uh, a municipal police department and you want to be a member of the league, you have to have an accredited police department. And right now we have all but three departments in St. Louis County who are not pursuing accreditation. Um, and if they can't, if they're not doing that, they can't be members of our league any longer. And um, uh, the Police Chiefs Association did the same thing. And that includes not only St. Louis County, but St. Charles County. So I, I believe a city like Forestell, uh, they dropped out of the Police Chiefs Association. You know, so, so we're always looking for ways to make our region stronger. Um, even before all of this started, um, um, there were, um, in the state of Missouri, there were, were only 20 uh, municipalities or police, municipal police departments that were accredited, uh, and 12 of those were in St. Louis County. Uh, the national average is only 5%. So, um, um, you know, we're way ahead of that average right now. And, and our goal is really to get them all there because we think the residents deserve to know that they're, they have the best, they're getting uh, the best services able to be provided to them. So. I feel like if municipalities support SB5, they've really changed their tune since four years ago. There was no acknowledgement at all from municipalities that there were any problems with revenue, you know, with the revenue-hungry courts that we've written about and some of the, the you know, the ticketing for right. profit. Um, have they changed their their tune on that? Well, again, I mean, you're lumping everything into Senate Bill 5. There were some things in there. I think for the super majority of the municipalities in St. Louis County, they were well before, well below the 20 percent, much less the, the, the previous law that said 30 percent. I think there were a few that were th there and, and maybe over it. Um, but what you saw in, in last year's legislation, uh, the, the bill submitted by Senator Dixon and, and Senator Emery that really wanted to reverse Senate Bill 5, uh, we did not support that. 
um, uh, we didn't want to overturn Senate Bill 5. Uh, and, um, um, and the reason they were doing that is because their courts and their cities were being impacted by those revenue levels and, and so forth. And, and I think it's, it's really important for people to understand, um, uh, I, I think there are a lot of good corrections coming out of Senate Bill 5, and I think SB 207 this year is an enhancement of that. Um, and, and I think so we have some good reforms, but there's been more courts closed on the western side of the state than they have on this side of the state being impacted by Senate Bill 5. The things that were happening in, in some of these courts that were abusing um, uh, the residents and the system um, wasn't unique to St. Louis County. Um, it, it's actually not even unique to the state of Missouri. It's, a, it's courts across the country that were really misusing the courts. Hey, guys, we've got some questions from listeners. Okay. Uh, we are starting to get several in, and uh, we're, we should address some of them. Okay. So let's do that. Um, if you are watching live and you want to add a question, please comment on the live stream. Um, let me start with one uh, for Dave. Sure. Uh, why can't Better Together add a requirement that the issue pass locally? Sure, yeah. We looked at one of the, you know, when I mentioned all the pathways we looked at, one of the uh, arguments was, well, why can't you just in the same constitutional amendment say it also has to pass in the city and in, and in the county? And you can't do that because essentially what you're doing is counting some votes twice. Um, and so when it comes to, we're amending the Constitution when you get down to it. And so let's say on the recent Clean Missouri bill, for example, let's say, well, we think most of the money is coming out of Kansas City or they created some sort of nexus there. Here it's clear because we're dealing with city and county government. I'll give you that. But so we should count Kansas City votes twice. You can't really start to do that with the constitutional amendment process. Dave, are you saying that it would not be constitutional to, to count yeah. To, to do it in city and county and require that yeah. to pass there? That's the, the, the legal analysis we got back was that you can't do a vote and then also go back and count each vote in the city and county twice because you're, you're amending the Constitution. While we may think it, it looks different, there's a process for doing that, and it doesn't allow you to, you know, equal protection. You can't count, give more weight to someone's vote than other people. So, so let's say for a second, um, I mean, who, who would challenge that? <laughs> So even if it's not constitutional, who would challenge it? <laughs> so you would suggest that we move forward with the hopes that just no one challenges it? <laughs> you, I mean, why not just have a separate election? Just have the, right, have, actually, have I, the I, amendment actually, contingent since on— Since you're using the Constitution, uh, the alternative would be to put another uh, uh, portion in, into your amendment that would say, if this is approved by a statewide vote, in order to be enacted, it would have to be reaffirmed by a, vote, a separate vote in St. Louis City County with the support of St. Louis City County residents. You're using the Constitution. You could do that. Um, uh, you, there's, there's no legal, legal um, uh, um, reason why you couldn't add that into the Constitution and have a separate vote. Sure. Okay. And, and then one of the other concerns is this. We have, what, about 15 charter cities in St. Louis County? Do they get a separate vote, too? Because they get their authority directly from the Constitution. Huh. So, so you're worried it could be like a slippery slope. We know that there will be, then they would set off a series of elections that would have to take place. And for us, I think the biggest difference between us and the Municipal League and why I think we have a plan and they don't five years later is that we think there's a real urgency to this. You know, these courts aren't fixed. They're better. The policing system here, you know, we can have accreditation, but if I give you an accredited police department with a $50,000 budget and I give you one with a $2 million budget, 
are we are we really expecting that we're going to have equal and strong policing across the region? And that's the issue that we have now and we want to address, and we think there's an urgency to, and that's why we're doing it. I don't know how we can survive in a system where resources in our region don't go according to need. They go towards who, you know, what mall someone shopped at and where that sales tax came from. And so we think there's a real urgency to that. So, yeah, we, you could do a series of vote over a year or two. Dave, another uh, question from a reader. Uh, tell us how the municipal officers work. Will they all be fired? How will that transition be handled? No. So the municipal districts can stay as is. I'm uh, sorry, the, the police officers. I believe oh, the police officers. Right. So under a new police department, the officers come in in their current department structures. So you'd have a new chief overseeing those departments, and then the command structure would work to consolidate and um, really restructure a metro city police department for everybody. And so at the, at the beginning, you would actually come in um, as a municipal officer, but your, your ultimate authority and chief would be the new metro chief. And then that chief, the command staff, would then rearrange and, and, and allocate the police resources. But again, you have officers at different salaries. Some are yep. making 401k contributions. Some are, have some other pension system. It's just a mix match. How does that get sorted out? Yeah, and so you stay with the pension system that you have now. The, the only thing that would really change moving forward is who's paying into it. So the metro city moving forward would make those contributions into it. Um, but, yeah, you have officers that are um, the same officers I was talking about earlier. That some are making 13, some are making – and so you come in making what you're making, the idea being that that's the status quo, that's what you're used to anyway. And then, again, the department, the commissioners will decide and, and really figure out salaries and how that structure works. But everybody brings their service and keeps all of their benefits. Benefits and, and time served in there. So you're just to make sure we're clear here. You're saying that the Maplewood Police Department um, stays almost entirely intact, actually entirely intact, and just becomes a, a, a police department for that area of the yep. metro city until the new metro chief would restructure the department for the region. But yeah, that's the idea. Is public safety is too critical to have you know people changing uniforms at midnight? Okay, um, and so the chief can do a little bit at a time. But, but, but so, can I, can I just, maybe Maplewood has spent more you know, resources on creating a police department and just it's mm-hmm. really important to them. After the, after the metro city is created, how do those people guarantee that they're still going to get the same level of service how, how, you know, and, and not have one of their officers reassigned to you know, somewhere else, Kirkwood? Yeah. And so as part of a larger department, resources can be moved to where they're needed, which we think is a strength, not a weakness to it, because, you know, crime travels. I was talking to a group of officers last night, and they were talking about right now to um, share information across some of the jurisdictions we have, they have to pick up a cell phone and call some officer they know in these departments. And so the idea is that you have centralized data, you have a centralized crime plan. I don't know what the crime plan is for the St. Louis region, and it's our biggest issue. So that is how it would start. But the idea is that those police resources are really policing for the region. And you see it, you saw it around Ferguson, you saw it. when things happen, they're, you know, it's, it's the police for the region. And then this, through the metro city, will just make that a day-to-day reality. Now, will some people say, well, we built our new police headquarters five years ago and they built theirs 15 years ago. That's not, there's going to be differences like that. But the end goal and what we believe makes it worth it is that at the end of the day, we're all safer. We all have a high level of service because right now, the, the basic crux of crime fighting is sharing data and sharing information, and we don't do that. And so I think that will officers move around eventually? Sure. I think that is a, a great thing, too. I think one of the things coming out of the Ferguson Commission report discussions was 
being able to move officers around to some of the really high traffic areas and then move them to other parts of the community, but to ensure that you still have that community aspect of policing. I live in the city. I know my captain. I have a cell phone number. They're at community meetings. And so I think that you can have a large department and still have all of those things. Is this possible, Pat? Well, I, I think it's important to understand when you do this, and, and Dave touched on it, you're going to have reallocation. I mean, you're not going to have as many officers in Maplewood as you have today. You're not going to have as many in the city of Brentwood. Um, and and those, the residents of those communities have, have helped to build those departments through their support over the years. Um, and, and I think the, the, the notion that uh, the St. Louis City or St. Louis County police officers don't communicate with each other. Uh, if Dave was talking to a, a St. Louis County policeman and he was using his cell phone, uh, he must not have wanted to use his radio because uh, um, about six years ago, uh, we started to implement um, uh, the E911 uh, tax that was passed in St. Louis County to build what is really the state-of-the-art communication center uh, in the state of Missouri, uh, allowing all the departments to communicate with each other, um, as well as in times of disaster, all the way down to public works crews so that they can coordinate those efforts to make the region stronger and safer. And, and when we implemented this program, uh, which included the new tornado warning system in St. Louis County, um, St. Louis City opted not to participate in that, that new system. As a matter of fact, I think their um, uh, center, their communication center is actually over in, over in Illinois, um, and they didn't want to upgrade that system. So the, the departments that don't communicate with each other are St. Louis City with everybody else. And um, uh, Pat, are you saying this communication is working fine otherwise? Today it is, yes. I mean, uh, you know, and that's actually the facilitation of that is what has helped consolidate some of the dispatch centers because of the efficiencies there with the new new technology and so forth. And, um, uh, and, and I think that, you know, one of the, you know, I would ask, you know, where's going to be the, the 50 to $80 mil, million dollars for St. Louis City to build uh, the, the communication so that they can tie into the updated and, and, and more modern system uh, that St. Louis County already has? Uh, Pat, let me jump to another question here. Pat, um, this region desperately needs jobs. How are you proposing we jumpstart the economy? Uh, I, well, I think it's not, not just jobs. I think it's population. I mean, if you want to have economic growth, uh, it doesn't matter what the, the region's plan is. You have to have population growth. Um, and, and there is an issue there. Um, when, when St. Louis City succeeded from the county back in 1876, their population was higher then than it is today. And, and St. Louis County hasn't, uh, the last big influx in population was in the 1970s when... Okay, but right. let's focus on jobs. Okay. I mean, I understand, we, we all agree population right. needs to rise, but how do you get population to rise? Okay. At least in part, you get by getting jobs. So okay. how, so what does the Muni League think? What do the municipalities think we can do to get more jobs? Well, again, what are the roles of the government? Okay, I mean, you can eliminate municipalities, but that, you know, um, if that's what the goal is, but um, that's not the role of, of municipalities to create jobs, okay? They provide services to the residents. Yeah, you know, that there's, by statute, they, that's what their jobs are. They don't have money for social programs. They don't have money for job training, those kinds of things. That's a role of the county government. That's where that leadership comes from and, um, or, or should come from. Um, now, are there programs that we could do? Absolutely. You know, there's been other counties have had, 
tax programs where uh, they, uh, if the somebody graduates from uh, students graduate from universities um, and they establish residency, they pay their student loans for the first five years or a portion of, or abate their property taxes if they buy a home. Those kinds of things to bring young people into the community. Um, you know, all of those things need to be looked at, but. But again, there's a distinct role between municipal governments and, and the larger government, the county and the state. But the, you have you have the governments of, like, let's say, the government of the city of Clayton and the city of St. Louis competing for a law firm. Is it going to move to downtown Clayton or stay in the government? Shouldn't you be? Shouldn't we be competing with Boston or Nashville or you know to bring one of those big firms here and well, not worry about whether it's in Clayton or downtown? Okay, and, and so if we have one big government and they built in Clayton, all you're saying is we wouldn't have the argument. They'd still be building somewhere, right? Um, you know, so so are we a region or are we not a region? So um, if we we kept them here, right? So they just because they built in Clayton and didn't say downtown doesn't mean that that's bad for everybody. Uh, granted, it's a loss for St. Louis City, uh, but you're always going to have. Uh, even if we're bigger, people are going to look for other opportunities or maybe a place where they can build. So so um, those movements aren't going to stop. How do we get the population increase and how do we get those businesses come to St. Louis? You know, that's the role of our economic development partnership. Uh, that's the role of the state economic department uh, to bring in those big corporations and so forth that are going to make our region stronger. Dave, convince us that Better Together's plan will bring jobs. Yeah, I think that first and foremost, having a centralized voice. Uh, when people come here, I don't know who they know who to talk to. Um, and if we don't know that, I don't know how they would know that. And if you go to Indianapolis, you go to Louisville, go to Nashville, they still have issues. They still are dealing with homelessness, crime, all these things. But in visiting those places, you would have to take dozens of people in St. Louis, lock them in a retreat for a week to get them to be on the same playbook like they are in these other places. They have five-year plans, ten-year plans. They know what's going on over here, who's doing this. We don't have a structure that allows for that. Instead, we're trying to – our economic development is luring – you know, a Jimmy John's down the street, and we're offering incentives to do that. We, we give away more incentives in this region to shuffle the deck around, and we confuse motion with growth. And so we're like, oh, that's going up. That's nice. Well, meanwhile, Crestwood Mall, it, you know, you can't get anything done there. And so we don't have a regional focus because we're so focused on the direct impact being in these local governments, getting that direct success for, for us personally so that we can get those services at a low cost. And so I think First of all, having a plan, having a point person, being able to drive that, but also being able to take all the resources of our region and say, we're going to compete against Chicago. We're gonna, I'm tired of hearing about you know, cities that 10 years ago we would have laughed at, Charlotte, uh, Louisville, you know, all these places that I've had friends leave and go to because they loved it here, but that second or third job in their career was capped here because we have regional offices. We don't have all, all the growth that we need. And so I think the first thing you need is a plan because when people come here, we, we offer two or three proposals. And what, is, what message does that send? And so we have a partnership. We have all these municipalities that are competing for different things. We don't have a unified voice. And I think that's such a huge obstacle. When we go to these other regions, that's what they champion the most. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Uh, there are a lot of people who believe this is uh, an attempt to bail out the city of St. Louis mm -hmm. out of debt. Uh, and, I, and I'd like to hear what both of you have to say about that. Sure. Yeah, I, I think that there is, first and foremost, a really misunderstanding about the financial picture for our region. I think the city is poor. I think that it, you know, it's 
meeting its obligations. But when it wants to do something new, add officers or do this, we have to find a new revenue stream for it in our region to, to do that for the city. And so um, this, this thing about a bailout or let it go the way of Detroit, people should look at Detroit. That was a whole different ballgame. We have uh, a, a city that is um, doing just fine under the current circumstances, but we're not going to see the growth that Pat talks about if we keep saying that's a city problem, that's a county problem. That's, you know, we, we have these divisions in our region where um, because of these different political lines, we say, oh, we don't have to worry about that. And it shows in how we talk about ourselves and how we function. So the fact that it's a bailout from a really specific financial level is one of the structures we created is that taxing subdistrict structure. So the debt stays not just with the city, but any other community that has taken it on, as do the funding streams associated with or necessary to pay it down. And so no city debt is transferring to anyone else. Stays here and is paid down. That said... It does pay off city debt in what six, seven, eight, nine years, and and that's that will depend on how aggressively they want to do that. But that's that's a huge part of the savings too. People say, "Where's the savings?" Instead of making a credit card payment, paying down the actual balance, that's that's a huge savings over time. But yeah, so in some sense, isn't it fair for people to say it's a city bailout? No, I don't think so. I think that that's that's assuming that as a region or as a city, there aren't any other uh, funding mechanisms for it. There's there's still property tax. There's still sales taxes. And so, you know, we, we showed that even just through, you know, taking the earnings tax revenue that continues to come in and using that to pay down, you still have the extra revenue. And we put forth not just a plan that people can go look at, but some of those financials as well, because we want to clarify that. Um, we heard throughout this process you know, people in the county that were very open to it but didn't want to bail out. Some people were like, that's why we left the city. And so that is a core component of this. Still, if you didn't merge, y- you wouldn't have the resources available to pay down that city debt so quickly. Yeah, I think that that's that would look differently for sure. And I think that that's one of the advantages of it is, you know, to realize and to create a structure that says we as a region are in this together. And I don't think that's something we should shy away from. I don't think that that's something that does anything but says – you know, it, it's different than what we do now, which is say, oh, that's somebody's problem. But as a region, we can address all of these issues. And I, I think that this is a structure that tries to do that. But yeah, it allows for debt payment to be done and then more efficiently the service to be provided. So that savings can go into paying down debt, not just there, but across the region. Pat, you had a response? Well, I mean, he, he just he just said it. I mean, you, you, if you're going to take the earnings tax, which according to the uh, report that was just released yesterday from the budget and planning from the state, you know, which is almost $170 million a year and then out of the city budget, which is now a big portion of that is going for services providing to the to the community, whether that's for uh, paying police or, or paying for public works or picking up trash and those kinds of things. It's being used for that. And so you're taking that money and now you're going to dedicate that towards paying down their debt, maybe good for the St. Louis City. And then but at the end of the day, that tax goes away, too. So what's going to sub where are you getting the money in order to provide those services that you're providing today? The other concern I have with with um, Pat, pause real quick okay. just to catch listeners up. The, uh, what we've talked about some here that we haven't said outright is that the earnings tax, the city earnings tax, right. goes away in ten years. It gets phased out, as does the city payroll tax, which goes goes away in ten right. years, gets phased out. Um, so go ahead, Pat. Sorry, I cut you well, off. No, I that's fine. Yeah, good explanation. And 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 the other uh, you know concern we have is that you know not only is St. Louis City tr- struggling, but uh, St. Louis County is on the record that St. Louis County is struggling as well for revenue to provide the, the current level of services. Uh, the county council is on the record that uh, they're spending down their reserves and next year they need a property tax increase in order to maintain the, the level of services that they have today. 
and yet embedded together's proposal, it says they're going to cut property taxes by 50%. Uh, again, the report that was issued yesterday by Let's budget, clarify that real quick. It's cutting property taxes just in the county, county correct? On, on the, the very basic level of general property service in the county. So it's, it's the county property tax right. alone. It's not the one that goes to the schools. Et cetera, no, it's not one that goes to schools or municipalities. Or, or but it's, a, it's right, the, sorry a, to cut you off, Pat. a Go revenue ahead. source for yep. St. Louis County to provide services, okay. government services. Okay, And again, the budget and planning report that was issued yesterday said that they think that that will have a significant impact on revenue for the new metropolitan St. Louis to provide services. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I, just, I think that the continued, it's the county and the city's fault is all we hear. There are municipalities that have really bad levels of service and that are struggling. The, the point is we should care about all of those. That's the point of our plan is it shouldn't be, well, the county's doing this better. That they should really get their act together. We're talking about ourselves. And so how do, we con- how do we expect to change things in a region when we continue to say, that's your fault. Good luck with that. That is just, that's not how any healthy region operates. Okay. Well, let me, and, and we're not saying that. Well, if, if, this, if, the, if, if, the, if county taxpayers had to dig a little deeper to cover services in the city while the city pays off its debt for a limited amount of time. Why is that a bad thing? Why, why, would, why would anybody oppose that? Well, well, I think, to be quite frank, I don't know that, first of all, I think if St. Louis City and County residents want to make that decision, then that's fine, okay? Let them vote on that to make that decision, whether they want their tax dollars to go to the city or vice versa. Um, but that's not what's happening. Um, uh, but also, I think that what it shows is, I think that it's, the, the plan or the lack of a plan really isn't looking to the future. You know, I think you're going to, there, there could be a potential for decrease in property values in this plan. When you're, um, you know, where are all the most expensive properties in St. Louis County today? They're in municipalities that provide services to those, to those communities. And it's because of their police, because of their fire, because of their public works, because of their parks. And so now you're going to take really those away. You're going to limit the, the, you can't reduce the costs. Three percent for ten years without reducing services. I mean, government or service organizations. I've heard that a lot. Mm -hmm. Explain that part. What what will could this reduce property values across the region? No, and I honestly, since I didn't make the point, I would ask what Pat's basis for that is. But because you know, it doesn't take into account school districts and a myriad of other things. But I don't think there's probably direct. That's fair, Pat. Is that a conjecture or is that is that research? No, let me let me finish. And so the reason is is where where most of the uh, again, when you're not providing those services at the local level any longer. And so where are the, some of the lowest property values in, in some of our smaller communities and in unincorporated St. Louis County? So when you basically create for this metropolitan St. Louis, we're basically going to be kind of like unincorporated St. Louis County from a service standpoint. And so there's going to be some equalization of property values when that happens. Um, and, and when you don't have the same quality of, of police service and you don't have the same quality of public works, when, when a county government in unincorporated St. Louis County only goes in and redoes streets every 25 or 30 years opposed to municipalities that may be overlaying them every 10 or 15, those values of those areas are going to go down. Dave? Yeah, I, I, I guess my question would be, how, I mean, we're not talking about reducing services. We're talking about providing them more efficiently. You can't deny the fact that services would shift. Based on need? Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that to to most places, that's a good thing. You put police officers where you want to address crime the most. And as novel as that is in St. Louis, that's how most regions just operate. But address that point very clearly. Why wouldn't that affect property values? Because crime is regional. Do you, I mean, and, and we live regionally. So to say that 
And, and also, I reject that a large department can't provide good service and just provide the adequate safety. I'm of the mindset, and I think a lot of other people are, if I see police officers all the time, I think something's wrong. I don't think, ooh, I feel safe now. And so there's different ways to police, but I think it's about providing quality police throughout the region, and we can do that. Right now, and what, what we have is we point to good areas where houses are worth about $800,000 a piece, and, and we say, you know, man, the policing there is really good. Well, there's a whole lot of other factors going on there. And meanwhile, we poc- you know, point at municipalities or unincorporated county where it's struggling, where they're dealing with a whole bunch of other issues and probably need some more resources. And we say, oh, they're, they're not, not cutting the mustard here. And so I, I think that it all goes back to do you want a structure of government that addresses the region's needs or do you want it – to preserve the status quo of where it is. But right. to say that property taxes go without any, I think is just alarmist. Let me, let me get to some reader or some listener questions here. Um, tackle some maybe simple ones first. What happens to the city's residency requirement? For police? Yes. Yeah, there, well, it would be part of the, a metro department. So, so it would go away. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's for any employee in the city. Right. And Good so point. The, Thank you. That was Beth. So, Thank so you, Beth. The, <laughs> yeah. But to the point that they're metro city employees, they're... And that's part. Those so it goes away for any any employee. The yeah. residency requirement is gone. And and that's those are some of the obstacles we have to get over. Is people stop being city or county employees, they start being metro city employees. Got it. All right. Um, why gut the tax revenue in in your plan? Why why not keep the earnings tax and get rid of property taxes? Why why is this this the the idea for? And I think to a bigger point, how does do you believe the earning getting rid of the earnings tax will bring business? So so two questions. So I think that. There's a couple answers. One, when it comes to property taxes, sales taxes, those are all across the board. We have those. We only have an earnings tax in the city of St. Louis. So I think to start a metro city government and try and provide economic development for all of it, when you have a portion of it that you, you probably want to develop but has this reason not to, is, is not a, sh- a strong place to start from. I also think that the reason... That and would not be popular. Yeah. And, and, and that people are like, why don't you expand to the county? Well, in the county, it's, you know... If somebody said, hey, you want to do 1% earnings tax out in the county, what do you think would happen there? But so, Dave, well, does we, we will never know because we can't have those in the county anymore because the law was changed a few years ago uh, when when certain powers of be um, uh, really wanted to try to eliminate their earnings tax. So they took that ability away from the rest of the state that didn't currently have. Dave, it. L- so. let's let's address that point. Sure. Does does the Better Together plan believe that the earnings tax is an impediment to business growth? That is from the economic development study. The business leaders we talk to is a huge reason we talk about locating in Clayton or, or downtown, if you can build a new building or locate downtown and all your employees and your business. We talked about the employer tax too. We've heard that from a lot of CEOs across the region. I don't know that it's an impediment for the entire region, but definitely t- for, for a bustling downtown. When's the last time you heard of a, a big company moving to downtown St. Louis? And I think that's, that's, that's a big obstacle to it. The reason there's a tax reduction is Government, this metro city is going to be a government, and it can raise taxes, it can equalize it. That's one of the reasons the revenue streams become metro city is there's, so, there's hundreds of funding streams in St. Louis County alone. And so the idea was that if you leave funding there, then the initial year of government is just going to inflate to use those resources. And so this government is going to start, we think, with more than enough resources. But if they were down the road to need them, then they can do that as a region. Touch on the earnings tax real quick. I mean, again, you know, number of cities have earnings taxes across the United States, and, and most of them are much higher than 1%. Um, and, and if you're looking at a business that's going to move downtown or into Clayton, 
um, they look at the overall taxes as not just the one percent, um, and and the property taxes in St. Louis County are much higher than well, are higher than they are in St. Louis City, um, and so they look at all of those things. So um, really, it's it's more the quality of services and the other things that go into that equation as well. So um, earnings tax really, if you're looking at an overall tax. In, um, uh, impact on businesses moving in the city is really just a minor part of that equation. Let's take that real quick. How would the reduction in property taxes affect big businesses? So, I, I mean, I think the reduction in property taxes impacts citizens. I think certainly businesses. But let's talk about businesses first. Okay. How does it affect businesses? What? How, do, how does it, does it help? Does it hurt? Um, I think it helps overall. And, and I'm going to tie it back to individuals, even though you don't want me to, because <laughs> here's why is it's, it's not a business tax cut. It's a property tax cut across the board. And so I think in the same way that you or I would like that, the businesses will enjoy that too. But, you know, that's just a component of it too. The, you know, that overall tax property tax cut is also in the city of St. Louis, they're going to have a fire protection district. And so that'll, that'll eat up some of that difference. They'll still have a reduction, but they're paying for an additional service. So, you know, this impacts people in different ways. I think for businesses, if it, if it lowers your tax burden, you know, that that's a good thing and, and, and they'll like that. But the, the real goal was to say, there's too much funding in the structure right now. And if the Metro City wants to grow that, it shouldn't be the default, but they'll have the ability to do that. But we're also a region that needs to change how we tax. Currently, we're going to eclipse in a couple of years $1 billion in sales tax revenue in this region. And so the question is why and those range from on a low end, what, 8% on a high end, like 13%? Yeah. Well, in the city. Right. C- city is 13%, yeah. but, low, but the lowest in the region is, is what, Pat? Probably Unincorporated St. Louis County, probably about. Seven percent okay. or so. Yeah. Right. All right. Go on, Dave. Sorry. And so, but that that huge range there, trying to reconcile those hundreds of different um, funding streams is, is near impossible. So the idea was that the reduction would be in property taxes, and then you know it can equalize over time. This new government can work on that because I don't know how to take two hundred funding streams from seven percent to thirteen percent and, and propose an equalization. Jeremy, I'm sorry. If you want to make the property tax more fair, why not combine the school districts? Why not combine the fire districts? Yeah, Those one, are the ones that are getting property tax. Yeah, one of the questions we get is about fire and police, you know, or I'm sorry, fire and, and schools. We never looked at schools. And so for us to make a proposal or offer recommendations on schools, I think, you know, we haven't earned, I think, any authority in that realm by gathering data and analyzing those. When it comes to fire, the biggest impediment for fire, and, and I certainly think there, there needs to be consolidation and there's mechanisms for that to continue to happen. We have in the city fire department, which is the largest, you know, a private maybe starting in the 40s, and and then you go into other fire districts, and they're starting in the 70s, and 80s. And so, if in consolidation, you know, if you wanted to to bring all those departments together, you're either cutting people's salaries completely in half, or you're raising the largest department in the entire region and almost doubling their salaries, and you end up paying more. And so, I I certainly think we think there needs to be consolidation. We just didn't see a path forward with it right now. Um. Pat, you have a plan to do a Board of Freeholders. If you do a Board of Freeholders to examine some of these same issues, perhaps um, that board would be appointed by the Mayor Vlada Krusen and County Executive Steve Stanger, who are both in support of Better Together. Right. Do you see success in this path? Well, I would hope so. You know, um, I'll be, I want to be very clear. You know, we care about the region, um, and I would hope that, that as our leaders – 
um, that they don't play politics and really appoint people that really want to um, take the time and, and have the input from the residents, uh, um, from the, the voice of the people from St. Louis City and County, and really maybe maybe have an alternative plan um, that, that by having that input and building that consensus throughout St. Louis City and County, that we can put something on the ballot that we can support. Um, but, you know, we're not naive. You know, I, I think there may be some challenges there. But um, uh, if everybody uh, works together, and I'll use that word, you know, we can work together. I think there's a lot of smart people and a lot of people that really want to see some significant changes. Will you and invite a member of Better Together to sit on your board of freeholders? It's not my choice. Will I mean, you it's ask really, the mayor or the county executive to put someone from Better Together on the board? It, it, that's going to be their input, and, and really it has to be approved by their councils. Um, I, Dave, I think it would be fine. Would, no, you, I, would I, you accept if someone, if they were asked to sit on the Board of Freeholders, would you accept? So here's our issue with the Board of Freeholders. It, we spent five years developing a plan, and it can't be implemented through that. And I think that's one of the reasons the municipal leagues for it, is they know that it limits what you can do. And even, you know, Terry Jones in his analysis of our study said you'd have to make some changes to be able to do a Board of Freeholders. And those changes would be you can't do police, you can't do courts, and you, you can't address the, the economic system that underlies it. And so essentially it's like saying, hey, do you want to not do what you're doing and volunteer for this? So it's in our minds, it's a path to nowhere. It, it has never been successful in creating um, any government reform in St. Louis other than a sewer district. And so... Except for the separation. Well... Right, but the actual Board of Freeholders process you're talking about now was put in the Constitution in the early 1900s. Um, but Dave, pause for a sec. Pat, I is this a delay tactic? Is Board of Freeholders a delay tactic? No, I think it's a, it's a, it's a tactic. It's not a tactic at all. It's a, it's a, it's a public forum to give the, the people of St. Louis City and County a voice. Um, uh, if, if that's better together's position, um, we'll drop the Board of Freeholders if they want to put another amendment into their uh, – add to their amendment that, that – if it's approved by a statewide vote, that a second vote will take place, and the and the residents of St. Louis City and County get get the ultimate say whether we have this merger or not. Um, but you know, we think that it's the right of the people of St. Louis City and County to at least have an opportunity to speak and have their voices heard. Let me just say something crazy here for a second. If the, so, the municipal league is obviously you know preparing for lawsuits down the road. If Better Together put in a requirement for a city county vote. For city county approval from voters, would you drop your lawsuits? Or I think, not drop them, sorry, you haven't filed them, but would you consider not suing? I think it would be highly likely that we would do that. I think that that if, if you're going to – I believe in, in our democratic process, and if Better Together or anybody, for that matter, uh, want to put a proposition before their voters and, and, and they can sell it to them, more power to them. I mean, that's what government is all about. Um, you know uh, – as I like to say, as the executive director of the municipal league, that there's some municipalities that need to make up their mind what they're doing, right? Uh, we don't live in a perfect world, um, but ultimately it should be up to the residents that live in those communities to make those decisions. And that's what our the foundation of our government is built on. It's not by taking the, uh, and limiting the rights of those voters. Hold on, Dave. Jeremy? Yeah, I have a separate question. Do you want oh. to continue on this? Or? You want to answer real quick, and then we'll jump to Jeremy's well, question. I, I would just say, if that's the realization of the municipal league, why do they still not have any plan? Like, they, this isn't an alternative plan. It's a process. They're proposing a process, and that's different. If these people are working in these areas all the time, how do how are they not at the forefront of this? And the, the reason we're doing an initiative petition is that's the path you go when governments refuse to act, and that's where we're at right now. And the fact that they're sitting here five years after we started asking us to meet in the middle, there is no middle when you have one proposal and then nothing on the other side. 
Dave, thank you. I, let me touch on that real quick. And the reason is is because we are we are organization of government who are made up of people. Nobody in the, any of these communities asked their governments to actually come up with a plan for for change. Okay, but the Board of Freeholders is the process, and so it's it's the it's in the Constitution for us to do that, and that's why our membership came together and said, look, if our leaders aren't going to do this, then we're going to do it in order to give the residents a voice in this decision-making process. Jeremy. Yep. City of Detroit mm-hmm. couldn't pay its bills. Right. Filed for bankruptcy, U.S. Bankruptcy Court. Uh, State of Michigan paid uh, $200 million, $300 million to to get the city out of bankruptcy. Is this what you're going to use to market this plan around the state? Hey, Missouri taxpayers, you don't want to be like Detroit. Let's let St. Louis County take care of it. We're not even the ones that brought it up. It was Councilman Fitch, Fitch. Um, who, who did that. So it's not my, my approach to put down the city in the St. Louis region. I, and I think that suggesting that w- that we go that route is actually really insulting because what happened in Detroit is literally blocks where the people called home were shut down. Services were not provided anymore. And it, people's pensions were taken away. And I think that's a really broken recommendation for someone who's supposed to be a, a leader in our region. You know, you talk about county government. The county council's right there with the county executive. For someone to call for that, I think, is really irresponsible. And I think he should talk to more people in Detroit because this glowing thing of, you know, Detroit's on the rebound because they went bankrupt is, is really an erroneous myth. So what's the appeal? I live in Kabul, Missouri. Sure. Why do I vote for this? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I've been um, surprised by, because I bought into it too, is this kind of animosity between outstate Missouri and St. Louis. You talk to outstate Missourians, they have family that lives here, they come here for baseball games, um, they went to school here. And a lot of these people, you know, live in St. Charles, which is outside of this region, or Franklin County, or they, they, they know St. Louis. And so I think there is a genuine care for it. I think there's a genuine... Um, confusion about what we're doing in their minds sometimes because it's just not how they would operate it. But I think seeing us at the, as an economic engine and seeing us, you know, they often visit St. Louis for the amenities that we do have. And so people from outside often have a better view of what we could be than we do. And so I think government efficiency, I think improves safety. They want to be safe when they come here. But I think that economic engine is, is the biggest selling point and what people really respond to outstate. Pat, you have a response? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that exact message is what um, uh, Mr. Hancock uh, said at the county council meeting in St. Charles the other night when they were um, uh, evaluating whether they should uh, pass a uh, resolution opposing the statewide vote. And and his comment was exactly that. If if you don't fix this, that, you know, you're going to, like Detroit, uh, you as uh, residents of the state of Missouri are going to have to bail out the city. I mean, I think it actually works for better together, so. Yeah, and, and, and certainly when people ask us about that, like you asked about Detroit, we're going to talk about that reality. The question was, is that, is that what is going to be the message out state? And no, I think that the, the message out state, the optimistic one, is the economic opportunity that's there because people know that that, that economic opportunity, that money from St. Louis benefits them directly. And, you know, we're struggling to pay for things like roads and other things as a state as well right now. And so that's the message that resonates. Okay, mark that down. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Um, We are now coming in on an hour. It is far more than you agreed to give us. Thank you both very much for being here. I find it personally brave for you both to show up. (laughs) This is a tough topic, and you guys went head-to-head very civilly for an hour. So I'm impressed very much. Jeremy, any last thoughts or questions? 
No, thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Let me listen to. Let me give the quick, uh, you know, let's get out of here speech. (laughs) So, you can find more episodes as well as other Post Dispatch podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or at stltoday.com/slash/podcasts. You can continue to support the journalism we're doing at the Post Dispatch by going to stltoday.com/slash/subscribe. Please subscribe. We need everybody's help. Digital subscriptions start at just 99 cents for the first month, eliminating the pop-ups and surveys. Again, that's stltoday.com slash subscribe. Jeremy, you are always a pleasure to work with. Thank you. You as well, David. Pat, Dave, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Thank you. Appreciate it.